0: Welcome to Definitely Maybe Agile, the podcast where Peter Madison and David Sherrock discuss the complexities of adopting new ways of working at scale. Welcome,
1: Dave. How are you today? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Um, actually, I was just thinking I'm getting a little cold here in the office, um, but I'm feeling that that's just me being whiny when I'm in Vancouver and the rest of, well, the whole North American continent at the moment is in deep freeze.
0: Uh, and under quite a bit of snow Yeah, on this part of the country. The <laughs> last couple of days, and we've got about a foot of snow now, I think, something yeah. like that.
1: Well, we ha- we had snow for the obligatory three days, and now it's gone again, and it's back to normal. <laughs>
0: so. yeah. yeah, You realize how English we're being right now, uh, just yeah. talking about uh, the weather? Cause
1: <laughs> well, because this
0: is how we find our groove when we're having a conversation, so... Well, done. there, there you go. Exactly, exactly. So, so today we were just chatting about uh, maybe delving into something that's come up for me a couple of times this week, which was uh, this concept of scaling agile beyond the uh, IT department. Uh, so, it's which is an interesting topic. I mean, we've uh, I, I've got various different ways I've seen that one of the the comments that came to me though was that uh, that they the person I was talking to said. They've seen it fail and fail. Every time it tries to grow beyond IT, it just hits a wall and dies. Uh, what's your experience been like? Um,
1: I would say pretty much the same. But I think it's all contextual, right? The situation and and what's there. So um, one of the, I think in many ways, we forget how Agile first sort of launched itself or became a, a big part of software development and you know, technology departments was to solve a very specific problem. And I think in many ways, there's this aura about, oh, agile will solve all of these problems without any consideration as to what the problems are that need solving. And therefore, how should we go about solving them?
0: Yeah, I would agree. So we, I I was talking about this with somebody yesterday where, uh, and this was a purely technical question, but he came back and he was saying, yeah, I'm fighting with one of my technical guys about uh, the fact that he, he can't seem to manage to get uh, logs to write locally into this container. And th- this is going on a totally different level, but I said, well, have you stepped back and asked why he's trying to do that? Because it's a bit of an odd thing to do. But so, and he went, oh yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's one of those pieces. Sorry, I was going to say that
1: question, why are you trying to do that is exactly where you start, yeah. right? So if I if I just say agile really worked really well over here and we're going to come in here and now this is called the stand up and I'd like you to stand up and talk about this and that and the other, or and we start trying to cookie cutter in what's there, we've missed the whole point, which is well, hold on, why are you trying to change? Maybe you don't need to change, or maybe you do, and what is it that isn't working for you at this stage. I think that's really where we need to start. And actually in development, in technology as well as outside the technology,
0: of technology. Yeah, we we too often see people jumping on the bandwagon. It's like, uh, sign me up, I'm going to do Agile. Now let's make the whole organization Agile because every problem needs to be solved this way. And going, Well, does it? I mean, if you somehow you manage to grow a large business that's got lots of revenue and you're delivering value to your customers. So what's the problem you're trying to solve here? Uh, why are you wanting to make these changes? Why are you wanting to disrupt things at all by going through a change like this? Uh, and, and so there's, yeah, and, and I think there's two stances on this. We can take the stance of th- that. Yes, we, we've got to understand why we're doing this, um, but I don't want to make it sound like uh, I'm totally anti-agile mm-hmm. and saying that you should never do agile. That's uh, not the not the point at all. Well, the caveat is we'll probably believe you should do Agile
1: in a lot more circumstances than, than many people do just because of our backgrounds. And and I think there's another piece. This kind of leads on to another one. There is there is curiosity, and there's a lot to be said for curiously trying new things. So we can't treat any sort of change as this big, you know, why do we need to do it? And then there's some sort of big elephant planning session going on where we're going to drive that forward. Uh, What I find much more interesting, if you like, is what about those organizations, those teams, the parts of the company that actually function really well and they just have a natural curiosity to try something new, see if that works better or they like it more or maybe not so much. And that side of it, we don't need the big why in that, that case. They just need that safety to be able to try things out And I think that one is a different problem in the sense that you don't go all out agile with a capital A, but it's more, what are the principles and the practices that maybe can be pulled in? Maybe it's as simple as making your work visible or learning some really simple kind of touch points and the principles behind those touch points. And you'll notice as I'm saying these things, I'm not using any terminology because I think that's another kind of that people make, which is they come in with all of the terminology, which is is well understood in a technology world, at least nowadays, but isn't at all. Um, a, you know, there's no awareness of it outside of that technology space in many cases.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's uh there's some key ones we and we do this all the time, and it's not it's not just restricted to technology. I mean, the problems on in every area. Uh, there's a part of a talk that I do at conferences where I, uh, I put up a Rosetta stone. The, so the translation for that was done from hieroglyphs into ancient Greek, which allowed them to work out what, how to translate to hieroglyphs, actually uh, in the British museum, but that, that translation of, uh, that you see across all different areas, because they're all talking different languages. They're all talking different ways, different tools, different acronyms, different ways of communicating with each other. And so, bringing people to the table and giving them a common way of understanding each other is, is critical to be able to start to move some of these things forward.
1: And, and actually, uh, so I've had a lot of fun, um, a lot of, I've seen a lot of really good success. Let me um, put it that way around non like very unusual settings, whether it's schools, both in students, but also in, in um, working with professional development days uh, and, and actually working with uh, with teachers and how they either prepare for their classes or prepare in the case that I'm thinking of for a, a, an upcoming move from one building, one school building to another one as they were revamping their their pre- uh, premises. When you're looking at things like that, the language that you use has to be their language. They don't need new terms. They've got enough things going on around that. Um, but there is still a lot to be said for that curiosity and some simple approaches that allow them all of a sudden to get, um, you, you know, there's the the, the uh, interest in the new, if you like, that being able to play with something that's new. We all, you know, are, are attracted to shiny objects to some extent. But then there's also something that is applied and immediately powerful and useful to them, which allows them to kind of pick things up and
0: move. Yes, exactly. And uh, that that language piece is key because we... We often as technologists, we definitely don't, uh, and I do count myself in that bracket uh, half the time, although th- there's this, and I was talking to somebody about this uh, the other day around this, uh, am I a, uh, a business person with some technology skills or a technology person with some business skills? And we, we, there's this tendency to like uh, put people into a particular bucket and pigeonhole them into being this or that. And depending on which one you are will depend on how you turn up to the conversation um, and often we don't even realize that when we 're turning up as a technologist, we tend to use technical language or at least whatever language we 're turning up with uh, and we're we 're very unaware yeah. of it uh, because it's just naturally this is how we talk the people around us use that language, so we communicate with them in that ter- those terms yeah um, can you think of any other examples where you've seen that kind of thing
1: so um it's it's quite peculiar. i've just come from a, a preliminary mentoring conversation with someone who works in an innovation field in telecommunications nothing i mean it's technical but they're not it's not about the agile language if you like and that some of the challenges that they're dealing with are that you you can hear there's a resonance around agile principles and i think this is in some ways what lean and agile, those principles and that mindset gives us a, gives that really interesting tool set for, for looking at problems. I'm trying to be very careful. I don't think it means you can solve the problems necessarily. But if it's a lens for looking at problems and understanding them from a sort of a systems perspective, understanding them from if you think of agile and how teams work together, understanding them from a people perspective and what's happening there. And I think that lens that you're able to look at things is applicable way beyond the technology world where much of this or manufacturing in the case of lean, where that emerged. And in the particular conversation I was having is listening into that and applying that lens allows us to ask different questions and highlight different things that perhaps if we were applying a different lens in that that context. So I don't know if that's the example that you were thinking of, but that just struck me from conversations I was having today.
0: Well, I think that's a great example. And uh, I, and it makes me think back to the conversation that kind of started all of this, where the uh, the person I was talking to was saying that, yeah, agile fails when you try to move it outside of IT. And, and I wonder how much of that is that uh, the bring everyone into a room uh, and to make a sort of global decision that we're going to inflict this onto the organization and thou shalt do it this way and try and tell uh, and that this you now you and this marketing team over here that have been working perfectly happily, and you understand exactly how to do all the things that you need to be able to do, and you 're very successful at what you 're doing uh now you need to do things in short iterations and you need to write user stories and you need to estimate in this way, and you need to and you should be standing up at a board every day, and that 's what you 've got to do, and you have to, or else you 're not going to get this stamp of approval from the organization and that's versus hey. How, we want to try and help you solve problems in a better way. What sort of problems do you have? Like, what would be useful here? Um, and then inviting them to come on the journey and see will this help you uh, overcome some of those problems?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, I'm struck with the, uh, as you were describing that, another piece which is so many times what you see is, it's almost like we pack up the toolkit that we have over here for Agile, whatever flavor we have, and we come back over to this new department and we unpack the same toolkit and they'll have user stories and they'll have a definition of done. And they better have a stand-up every day, as you're describing. That, in, in, If I'm a finance department, why do I need a stand-up every day? Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. But there's a lot of details around a different non-technical world That we want to apply the principles, but we don't necessarily want to apply the practices. And so how do we get that? I think that's that other bit of of avoiding the I know how it works here and cookie cuttering. We're doing.
0: Yes, yeah, and that uh, I agree that uh, that cookie cutter, um, or as I've heard it described in uh, at other times, the uh, dogmatic agile, uh, where if you you are not allowed to do this unless we come along and we bless you with holy water and uh, and uh, <laughs> sort of sprinkle some uh, salt or whatever we need to do to like make sure that you you are whole and you are now okay to go ahead and do this in the world, and uh, versus trying to help people uh, understand and work within their context in their language in the space that they're in to start to take these principles and use them to uh, get better at what they're doing and uh, improve
1: it's it's interesting that, that that phrase the dogmatic application that piece because that doesn't work in technology either i mean
0: it's
1: very rarely <laughs> a case of a dogmatic application of anything if anybody's coached a um, a kid's team of any kind sports team of any kind there's no such thing as dogmatic anything in that that particular environment right and this is it's same is true everywhere else is we need to understand the principles there are some great practices that work really really well together in a given domain if i go to a different domain maybe it's going to be modified sets of practices that work in that space
0: right Yeah. yeah And I uh, know we are kind of drifting into that other area in the technical space there. But I, there was an article I, I remember reading a couple of weeks ago that uh, I I, I want to say I really enjoyed it. But I, I enjoyed it because the, the author, I thought, did a very good job of um, articulating the problems he had seen going through multiple organizations and being confronted with being told how to work in these fashions. And his conclusion was that um, Scrum and Agile just don't work. And they don't work because every organization he's been into, and was multiple of them, had ended up with uh, a set of bad practices that hadn't allowed him to be successful. And uh, couldn't really disagree with him, given the way that that had then been implemented. And I thought he articulated his point of view very well
1: well and i and i this is the the tragedy yeah,
0: definitely comes back
1: yeah i think that's the the tragedy of it right is um it's it's situational the, these are the skills are expect people to come with their brain and apply their brain and figure things out and that's when you really get the benefits right is now people are are um engaged in the process And there is definitely some things that work really, really well, and we're not going to deviate too much from those uh, without really, really good reason. But the goal is that everybody's engaged in solving it. We're not waiting for instructions as to what to do next. And we're human beings. We really hate being told what to do. Just trying. I love the the, the simple thing of cultural (laughs) differences to queuing or lining up for things, which is, you know, of course, as as Good Brits were very, very well uh, controlled when it comes to queuing up for something, but there are lots of cultures that deal with that in a very, very
0: good. yes, yeah. The uh, uh, the Indian train station where it's just basically a free for all, elbows at the ready, and you've uh, <laughs> you've just got to survive to get to the window, or the uh, or to go even the to, to the extreme. I've been in Japan where they don't even bother with railings. You just have a couple of lines and called everybody lines up behind everyone else. There's never any cutting. It's all just uh, disciplined. Everyone lines up. You, They don't even need to be told. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And everything in between.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and I think the, the recognition there is that's one thing, queuing up or lining up, and everybody's going to apply it in a way which is relevant to their experience or where they're at. And and it's you know there's lots of different ways of addressing that so
0: so so if you were to sum this up in a few words dave how would you put it yeah so i i think first of all is
1: that understanding why being careful not to just say hey this is works really really well you need to do it as well um so understanding why coupled with that caveat around curiosity i think curiosity is a great reason to look at it but generally getting the why straight secondly is is stop trying to carry the language over We really need to use a language which is relevant to the domain that we're stepping into. They don't need to learn all the terms that we may have learned from whichever domain we bring it from. And then the third thing that struck me was avoiding the cookie cutter. You don't need everything in your toolkit. We need the right things at the right time.
0: Uh, I think if I was to list uh, my three, I think it would be the... um, make sure you're meeting them where they are, which is very similar to your, your one there. And uh, uh, another part of it is that um, inviting over inflicting, um, having not telling people how it should be and getting one in a big room and then saying, this is, this is the way that you shall do it and you shan't do it any other way. Um, and, but rather than creating opportunities for people to, uh, to learn. Um, and I think uh the other part of it is yeah exactly as you were saying it's around uh, the uh, the language and making sure you're not uh, trying to bring your own terminologies and ways of uh, talking about things with you and uh, not taking the time to understand uh, where somebody is how they're operating what they the way that they think and the problems that they're looking at so so with that, I think we're, we've uh, we've kind of wrapped up our time for today. So I'd like to thank you as always. It was always a fun conversation.
1: Always a pleasure, Peter. Great to, uh, great yeah. to chat again. I look forward to the next one.
0: Likewise. You've been listening to Definitely Maybe Agile, the podcast where your hosts, Peter Madison and David Sharrock, focus on the art and science of digital, agile, and DevOps at scale.